Money FM 89.3, best of breakfast. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3 with Adrian Abraham and Lin Li Fu. Time now for Why It Matters. It is Budget Day in Malaysia. Prime Minister Anwar Ibrahim, who is also the country's finance minister, will unveil the unity government's first budget in parliament today. The high cost of living, escalating core inflation and an expectation of slower economic growth this year are the main challenges for Malaysia. The country is also still recovering from a damaging political crisis that began in 2020 and resulted in the change of two coalition governments and four prime ministers in just three years. All eyes are also on whether Anwar will introduce any new policies or measures that will give some insight into Malaysia's future economic direction. For more on this, we have on the line Shannon Teo, Malaysia Bureau Chief at The Straits Times. Shannon, welcome to the show. How do you think PM Anwar will maintain a sustainable fiscal position for Malaysia's growth while ensuring the well-being of the rakyat? You know, I'm sure cost of living issues will be front and centre this time. Hi, good morning, guys. I mean, um, just to start off, we've been given not much details about what he might do. He's been speaking uh, in broad teams. But what we kind of know from um, what's been happening in the past couple of months is that because 2022 economic growth has been better than expected, that's also resulted in better government revenue than, than they thought. And uh, the, the revenue base is much larger now than, than what they expected when they first tabled the budget back in October, right? So this is a revised budget. It means they've got about maybe, they expect to take in maybe 15, 20 billion more ringgit last year and this year as well. So this gives Anwar a bit more space to do two things. One is to spend more. So we're expecting a bigger budget than what was tabled in October. That was about 370 billion ringgit, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. So expect upwards of 380 this time. And also yet, while doing that, to also narrow the deficit at the same time. Um, We were doing 5.6, 5.8% 2022. And the final figure will come out soon. But some economists are even expecting him to dip below 5% this year. So he's got a bit more room to deal with these issues, to drive economic growth, as well as to, you know, hand out a bit more subsidies or, and, and things like price control to figure those kind of issues out. Shannon, how will the unity government tackle, you know, the subsidy problem while attempting to increase the national revenue? I think for subsidies, it might just be that this current government is a bit luckier. Uh, last year, you saw oil prices averaging above 100 US dollars. Mm. So that's, um, you know, I think the subsidy bill for last year, not just fuel, but for everything, topped out above 80 billion ringgit. That's huge. I mean, if you think about that as a as part of the national budget, that's nearly a quarter of all the money that we spent. So for this year, we're not expecting a few subsidies at least to be that high. And when we talk about fuel subsidies, that also translates to electricity subsidies, so on and so forth. I think the government is looking at uh, the rough fuel prices of about $80 a barrel. So that's about 20% less, right? So that, that gives the government actually some, some space to say, you know, everyone wants to do targeted subsidies to rationalize subsidies somehow, get a bit more fiscal room. But you don't have to rush into it because the amount of subsidies you're paying out has already kind of come off from what you were paying last year. So that's one thing. And, and with revenues, the flip side of that is Malaysia is pretty much a commodity exporter, right? So when, when <laughs> commodity prices come off, that affects revenue as well. But as we, I mentioned in, uh, earlier, the revenue base is 
is now bigger, the tax revenue base is now bigger, whether it's direct or indirect taxes, because the size of the economy grew much faster than expected. So overall, in terms of fiscal position, this this is a government that's inherited a much better position uh, than the previous two. There are attendant issues of debt, or national debt and, and things like that. But um, they, they can kind of look forward to spending without being too concerned about uh, rising debt. I think uh, for last year, for example, debt service charges, for every ringgit uh, that the government brings in, they were expecting to pay out close to 20 mm. cents to, to the ringgit, right? But it's going to turn out to be a lot lower than that because of the amount of revenue brought in was a lot higher than expected. All right, Shannon, turning to the business space, do you expect any moves to reform the business environment from this budget? Yeah, I, I, there, there is a lot of talk about that, about reforming uh, the way business is done. And this is across the entire chain. Um, the one thing that every government in Malaysia talks about is going up the, the technological ladder, right? Rather than being um, labour-intensive, and focusing on low wages, it's time to start investing into technology, machining, so on and so forth. Every government talks about that, but it's not so easy. One of the, the things that they are trying to do now, and, and this is at an MOF level, is to get the government-linked companies right, to kind of lead the drive. Previously, there's been a focus on these companies to be commercially very viable, to bring in dividends to the government, boost the revenue. But from what we understand, Anwar has been telling the government-linked companies that you're supposed to facilitate business and not compete with private sector. So you might see them kind of trying to drive more domestic investment. Uh, you see these companies moving in a direction instead of competing with private players for business and you see them kind of facilitating the direction that uh, this government wants to go in and it's been talking a lot about digitization um, and, and things like that you know a more knowledge-based economy Shannon, is there anything we can look forward to in terms of expecting a real minimum wage level to be implemented and enforced in the F&B and service industries, along with proper training and certifications for employees? I know they're very tight-lipped, but is this something we could possibly see? But I think they raised the minimum wage uh, a year, a couple of years ago, to about 1,500 ringgit. I know that's not a lot in Singapore dollar terms, but already that that saw some pushback from employers and they were saying things like, you know, we, we just got out of the COVID pandemic, things were tough. And then now you're hitting us with uh, higher minimum wages. But honestly, at a, even at about 1,500 ringgit, a lot of employees are already, even the ones on unskilled labour, are already earning that much after allowances, after overtime, things like that. So to expect the minimum wage to be raised, say from 1,005 to 2,000 at this juncture, I think the, the government, the marketplace and the government politically not ready for that. We might see that happening in maybe a couple of years when mm. things settle down a bit. But at this point, the minimum wage is being enforced. I think there were moratoriums for, for smaller businesses that they didn't have to implement it uh, at, at the same time. Um, and they were given some leeway. But these things are already in place. Um, but whether we can come up to something which is a, more of a living wage, and I mean, urban poverty, especially in the Klang Valley, is a big issue. People talk about how even if you're a household uh, with 5,000 ringgit, 6,000 ringgit income in, in KL, it, it's, it's still tough to get by. As far as uh, skills training, uh, talent development, that's also something they talk about. But uh, aside from you know, you always get these allocations in budgets, a few hundred million this, there, here or there for, you know, things like uh, technical, vocational, stuff like that. 
they're pretty much it, it needs a huge revamp a huge reform i don't think we're going to get that in this year's budget it, the, the runway is too short but it is something that all the ministries all the senior officials keep talking about trying to move up the value chain okay shannon let's get to the crux of it you have been uh, you know living there for a while you are a resident there you're based in kuala lumpur so what do you think the focus should be on for this budget well, it's about still at this point, you know, we think of, of this budget as a post-election budget, right? I mean, the election was in November, this government's been formed. Really, they should get down to the business of getting the economy moving in the right direction and stop thinking about handouts and the political side of it. But the fact of the matter is, is that this is also still a pre-election budget mm. because we have six state elections coming up expected in July. Uh, and six states, these six states are going to represent about 50% of the electorate in Malaysia. This is going to be politically quite huge. It could have a significant impact on the stability of the government if, they, if the parties in power don't do well. So I expect this to still be an election budget. I expect things like subsidies to be in place, the annual kind of cash transfers to, to the poorer segment probably going to be increased. And if there's any kind of reform on the subsidies, it's probably not going to be on fuel first. It's going to be on the other things. What The minister in charge of food security has spoken about floating the price mm. of chicken and egg, right? So th th there is a subsidy that goes to producers right now to keep the price under control. But once they float it, it implies that there'll be more subsidies to the poor. So stuff like that's not going to go away, right? You're still going to be spending on that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I still think that for budget 2023, you're not going to see vast reforms, huge changes. Uh, it's going to be incremental. And really, I, I think it's only fair to expect politically that from budget 2024 onwards, then we start seeing or at least start expecting uh, sweeping changes. Yeah, Shannon, just one more on employment. Uh, you know, the market in Malaysia has evolved quite a bit since the onset of the pandemic. COVID-19 was not just a temporary disruptor, also a permanent accelerator as uncertainties continued. But, you know, while job growth is strong, the labor market is short. In addition, scale gaps are real and there is a need to look inward and outward. How is this issue going to be addressed? Well, there's a lot of bandit stuff going on, right? I mean, so for labor shortage mm. at the unskilled level, we are trying to reopen the borders, bring in uh, foreign labor again. Mm -hmm. um, so that stuff is ongoing. But in terms of the other kind of skill gaps in industries, and even in in hospitality in F&B, you go around a lot of people saying that they don't, they can't hire enough staff, so they they limit the, their their capacities, so on and so forth. I, I think part of that is is also structural. What happened during the pandemic was a lot of jobs were lost and what do people do they start their own businesses whether it's small businesses or they they start a, their own uh, they find different ways to, to get income and a lot of questions is why why should they go back to their previous employers when you know they can be turfed out anytime a black swan event happens and the airline business is an example a lot of people were laid off and they don't see a good reason to come back mm. um, so i would suppose and, and i'm not sure how to do it but i suppose if there's some kind of guarantee of tenure some kind of uh, surety of your job or at least if you if you work canned again in the future you had there's some kind of employment insurance things like that then maybe people will come back but at this point people are have moved on right mm. to new forms of work you know a lot of people are now working from home that's one of the things that's happened so that's changed a lot of things in the marketplace as well rentals property overhang is, is still an issue so things like that have been exacerbated uh, so it is going to take a while for the market to figure itself out i mean you, you can even talk about uh, rate hikes right i mean uh, 
the central bank in Malaysia hasn't gone as, as fast as, as other, other, other markets around. Um, there is a sense that we have to go very slowly on this and not shock the market. Okay, Shannon, there's so much to cover from uh, Budget 2023 in Malaysia, but we will have to leave it there for now. Thank you very much, Shannon. We've been speaking to Shannon Teo, Malaysia Bureau Chief at The Straits Times. All right, bye, guys. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.